now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we like to review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Sam Hurley, and I am joined this week by two of my usual co-hosts, the first of which I'd definitely take on a ship into outer space is Stacey Hurley. How are you, Stace? I'm great, Sam. I'm really excited to be here talking about Ryan Gosling's new movie. Awesome. And the second I'd definitely send on a spaceship into outer space is Kahu Tapsil. How are you, Ko? And I'd happily go by myself. <laughs> I'm doing very well, thanks. Oh, that's excellent. So yeah, as you guys can gather by the name of this podcast... We are doing the film First Man. The new Ryan Gosling film directed by Jamin Chazelle. Well, don't know if we had a good time or not. We'll get into that when we start giving our scores. But first of all, if you're not planning on going and seeing the film First Man, we're going to get a view, bit of a plot so you guys can play along at home. So what is the plot of the film First Man, Stacey Hurley? First Man is the riveting story of NASA's mission to land a man on the moon, focusing on Neil Armstrong in the years 1961 to 1969. 69. <laughs> <laughs> so mature. A visceral first-person account based on the book by James R. Hansen. The movie will explore the sacrifices and the cost on Armstrong and on the nation of one of the most dangerous missions in history. So yeah, that pretty much sums up the plot. As I said, directed by Damien Chazelle, starring uh, Ryan Gosling, Jason Clark, Claire Foy, Corey Stoll in the minor role of Buzz Aldrin. Very surprising, only gets a couple of lines. And then Kyle Chandler, who I'm always quite a fan of. But uh, yeah, looking at the reviews for this, IMDb have it at 7.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, whopping 89%. Metacritic, coming in well below the Rotten Tomatoes at 81%. Kahu, as a score out of 10,000 rockets, what would you give this movie? I would give this movie 8,900 rockets. Wow. That's a whole lot of rockets. That's T minus 8,900. Eight, eight. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why Kahu's not an engineer at NASA. <laughs> I'd give this quite a high score too. I'm going 8,744. You guys deceived me, man. We walked out of this and I was like, oh, I thought that was pretty good. And you guys were like, mm, I don't know. I think it was just a bit better on reflection. Right. Mm. Probably went a little bit too long, but I mean, it's space. Space is great. Yeah. I totally agree. I grew to love this more after I got home and had a chance to think about it. This film had a lot of fucking legwork to do after bloody La La Land. <laughs> See... God, I hated that film. But see, Sam, you just have to walk into each film independently as though it's its own piece of art, which it is. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm moving on to my scores. Uh, I would probably give it about 7,847 out of 10,000. It's still a really good film and it's shot beautifully. It's just... We'll get into it in the compliment sandwich. So yeah, as I said at the start of the podcast, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 questions that can be applied to any film. We then move into three personal questions that we've come up with about the film. Finish with an all play question that we all answer that we also throw out there to our listeners to get some answers back on. So more of that in a little bit. But yeah, as I said, it's our compliment sandwich where we list one thing good, one thing bad and one thing good about this film. Stacey, why don't you lead us off Well, adventure to space? Oh, I'd love to, Sam. My first good thing is Ryan Gosling. As always, amazing performance and he's just a babe. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> one bad thing is part of the story that I didn't quite buy and you alluded to it when you were reading the cast out is that Buzz Aldrin just pops up out of nowhere and has zero relationship with Neil Armstrong. Now, you can't tell me that astronauts going in the same ship together pretty much just meet 
or just only have a few lines before they get into the spaceship together. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense, but maybe that's how their relationship was. Who knows? Well, as we saw in the documentary Star Wars, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker had never met each other before they got into a spaceship <laughs> together. <laughs> ah, yes. So, maybe. And my final good thing is... This is the first movie that I have seen that showed the surface of the moon. It kind of, I'm guessing in a realistic manner, you know, with the fine, silty kind of grey dust that coats the whole moon. I'd never seen that before. I've just seen the moon as this big white glowing thing. Never seen the cheese firsthand, eh? No. So that was exciting. I felt like it was the first time for me. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That was cute. What about you, Kahu? Space. <laughs> uh, that that's my first good thing. I I just thought the film did really well to portray the actual risks involved in the whole going to the moon thing. At one point, they they draw this big dots on a blackboard about where humans have got from space, and it's like just outside the atmosphere, which is up to about a thousand kilometers from Earth. And then he draws this big, massive line across two blackboards to the moon, which is 400,000 kilometers away. Nerd! (laughs) And you just think, wow, that's such a massive distance. And I think that's been forgotten a bit by history, especially because we've never never been back. Uh, So I thought that was pretty cool. Bad, this this movie's had a flag controversy because apparently oh, they God. don't they don't show the planting of the flag on the moon. Heard about <laughs> and, this. And apparently that's hurt its revenues a bit, which I think is just complete bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's clearly an American space program. They show the flag anyway. Why does it matter? Yeah. Have you ever been listening to the Alex Jones radio show or some shit? Or? Uh, I haven't. No, no, no. <laughs> that was kind of one of the things I hated about The Martian. It was too sort of overly patriotic. And right. I think this movie was, it was kind of at a good level. And my second good part about it, which is kind of leading on from the first is I thought the moon landing sequence was just pretty decent cinema. It was it was really good and as Stacy said, showing the surface of the moon and yeah. And even though you know they're going to land successfully, you're just like, holy shit, they're going way too fast. There's like a big <laughs> big mother crater yeah. coming up ahead. There's boulders bloody everywhere. How yeah, the hell they, are they going to land? They bloody sold it to you. Eh? Even yeah, though yeah, you know yeah. the end result, you're like, oh, what the heck? And they're running out of fuel, and you're just like, they're so far away from Earth. Nobody's going to rescue them if shit goes wrong. So Yeah, I agree with you. The The thing that blew me away the most was the cinematography of it. Like, it was so beautifully well shot, but also the point of view shots. Rather than seeing a space rocket take off or seeing, you know, a big CGI mess, we actually saw inside the spaceship or inside the little shuttle things that they're inside. And he actually got to experience what life would have been like for him. You know, mm, sure, mm. I mean, probably a little bit different or whatever. But uh, yeah, I really like that. The part I really didn't enjoy was parts that just seemed like you're trying to build this emotional thing and then it just had these really weird parts. Like there was these bits where he got interviewed by the um, press and stuff like that and they were just asking him the most bizarre questions and shit like that. And it was there was just these few surreal moments that sort of undercut that emotional current that was sort of flowing through most of the film. Mm. And then the, the final good thing is the performances by Claire Foy and oh, Goose they were pretty good. <laughs> Baby Goose. They were really good. Like, he, Ryan Gosling has got a new market on playing an emotionally distant asshole. You know, he did it well in Drive. It was great in Blade Runner 2049. And now he's gone and knocked another one out of the park where he's just this emotionally distant guy. And it was great. Yeah, yeah. There was that whole period when uh, Claire Foy's character is trying to get Neil Armstrong to talk to his sons before he heads up into space. And she's pretty much just talking to a brick wall. Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> oh, I've got to pick my stuff. <laughs> He honestly seemed like a moody 14-year-old. He was like, you don't understand <laughs> me, Dad. <laughs> and then even when he talked to his sons, it was no like, you know, I've got something profound to tell you in case I don't come back. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, I really wish away. my daughter was still alive. Yeah, <laughs> I might die, but you guys will be fine. He didn't even say you'll be fine. Could you die or is, you might not come back? And he's like, yes, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's the 60s where, you know, it's not the, the modern man and mm. sharing his feelings and all that. But <laughs> come on. No, I actually, I have to disagree with you on that point and on the point you made. Oh, here she goes. The press conference. I think that was really a a great thing, and I kind of touch on it in my philosophical debate, which we'll get to soon. It just showed how trivial everyone was in the press, asking all these stupid questions that have nothing to do with anything. And Neil Armstrong is sitting there, and he's like, fuck these guys. We've actually got something really serious to do here, and very technical, and you're asking me stupid shit. So I really liked that part of his character in those scenes, because it built up the seriousness of what they were doing. Interesting. Question number two. You're going to hit us with in a second Stacey but this is a Patreon question if you'd like to become one of our Patreons for the princely sum of $5 a month you get to have your question inserted into our first 10 questions this one comes courtesy of the amazing whole hunk of burning love that is Phil Joynton thanks Phil for your amazing question Stacey's gonna hit us with it okay what item from this film would you want or definitely not want to be I would want to be a Saturn V rocket because that shit goes fast and, it, and it's definitely it's definitely all about the quality with that thing it just goes hard makes the most of its short life and then it's done that's how you want to live your life go (laughs) on the flip side I definitely wouldn't want to be an Apollo astronaut lowest life expectancy of yeah I mean pretty miraculous that all of the guys that went up to the moon uh, managed to come back safely but did they go to the moon go did Did they they? (laughs) talking about guys going to the moon that's what I want to be I want to be Neil Armstrong's boot I want to be the guy that's like, nah, I made it before you, cuz. <laughs> His footprint. I have actually touched the moon. You ain't touched shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're yeah, inside yeah. your little suit. <laughs> Yeah, he, he should have taken his glove off and like drawn a smiley face. <laughs> You've got a glove on, it doesn't count. I'm talking about more ways than one. What about you, Stace? I would not want to be that aircraft that he was flying in the opening scene that we see him immediately abort and take this parachute option out. And then the plane ends, or the rocket or whatever the fuck it is, ends in a ball of flames. And the lander was like that too when he was testing that. That just looked ridiculous trying to manoeuvre that thing around. Yeah, stuff that noise, eh? It was like a really bad Transformer type thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's so question number three, Kahu. Okay, what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? Similar to what you were talking about at the start, I was really blown away by actually how dangerous this was and how how much it was going to cost money and all this other stuff. So my debate was like, why they even fucking do it? The risk of this is so low. Like, surely you'd wait till you've got like about a 98% chance of doing this. Like, it's like, no, look, we've got a real good chance of this going right. And maybe they were just building it up in the film to sort of be like, well, no, there's a good chance he's not going to come home and build tension and all this other shit. For me, it was like, you, wouldn't you want to go when you know there's like a really, really, really decent chance that you're going to make it? I don't know. I wonder if it's one of those situations where you've got so many people involved and everybody's kind of building it all up that the person thinking critically about, there's no shit show this is going to work. Yeah, yeah, there's no one <laughs> actually it, taking a there? step back. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's involved in their, in their little piece of well, it. Well, that's true because politics are involved and those politicians have to save face and the presidents and whoever's involved saying, we're going to do this. It has to happen. Yeah, Someone yeah, yeah. has to give it a Go. So that brings me on to my philosophical debate, which is quite closely related to that. And I always think this when I watch sci-fi movies is how short-sighted and how dumb are humans really when it comes to the big issues? Oh, pretty fucking dumb. Are yeah. you saying this is a sci-fi? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a fiction movie, right? And it's about science. <laughs> 
based on real life events. Yeah. Well, yeah, based on real life, but it's a, it's an interpretation. No, but well, no, because they didn't go to the moon. Stanley Kubrick <laughs> no, no, recorded no, the moon landing, no. so it is science fiction. <laughs> Okay, where am I actually going with this? This is what the lizard people want you to believe. <laughs> Who are the lizard people? They're the, the president <laughs> and the, or every fucking politician ever. Whoa, okay. Anywho. Anywho. What are the conspiracy theories with Sam, the podcast, <laughs> yeah. where you recite bullshit that your drunk uncle will tell you at a <laughs> family reunion. See, what they don't want you to know as well is that the big conspiracy isn't that the earth is flat. It's that the moon is flat. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh no! Okay, so where I was going actually before oh, all that, <laughs> yes, was all the protesters outside NASA, you know, holding up signs saying, "I'm homeless. I don't have food. My sister needs medical care." Yes, that's correct. The government needs to spend money on lots of different things, and if they only spent money on immediate things and didn't invest in science and technology and exploration, then you'd end up nowhere. Humankind would be going nowhere. You know, we we need to strive to achieve things and do radical things that are out of our comprehension sometimes. That's correct. I agree with that. Yep. So Corey Stoll's character in this movie, Buzz Aldrin, is portrayed to be a bit of a dick, whether he actually <laughs> was or not. I don't know. Or as he would say, he's just saying what everybody else is thinking. But the debate of mine was, if I was Buzz Aldrin, would I push Neil out of the way to get onto the moon surface first? <laughs> I actually think he would. He, I can't believe he didn't. You know, if that, that's his personality and he just says and probably does what everyone else wants to do. Yeah, if you're a self-righteous dickhead, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably would. Just launch myself out of the door, yeah, yeah. eh? Just, just jump. Bro, 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 launch. <laughs> One small step for man. Yeah. One Must giant fall for Sam Kind. You'd be able to see your stomach on the moon surface. <laughs> yeah, bro. For millennia. A big starfish. Yeah, a big Sam starfish. <laughs> Next question. If you guys were a recruitment consultant, what job would this movie be suitable for? This movie would be employed as a blue sky thinker. Oh, yeah. So they just oh. kind of sit there thinking up the big ideas and get everybody else at NASA to do it. <laughs> for me, it's a fashion model. They look. It looks pretty. There's not an ounce of fat on it, and it knows how to get to the end of something and come back again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Can't like argue it. with any of those points. Yeah. My thinking was along the same lines as Kahu. It could be a stoic philosopher. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. There's a lot of big thoughts and ideas in this movie. And Ryan's very matter-of-fact about everything, right? Yes. Just helping you out of it. And so am I. <laughs> looking yes, at me like I've made a smart-ass comment. Anywho. Question five. What would the porn parody name for this movie be? It's the space race. Russians and the Americans are building rockets to outdo each other. <laughs> I've got no idea where this is going. So this my title is a simple, mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with first man to Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going even simpler than that and just rearranging, removing one of the letters from the first word. And mine is fist man. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, question six. What film would be the best or worst to watch as a double feature with this film? And this question comes courtesy of Emily Higgins, our other premier Patreon, the amazing woman that she is. She's got a podcast called The Tasteless Podcast in which she pits a film against another film and tells you why the film that most people hate is better than the film that nearly everyone loves. We came up with a question that's kind of similar to her podcast and the answer for me is the worst 
film to watch this with for me personally is La La Land because I really didn't enjoy La La Land and if somebody was like let's go to a Damien Chazelle double feature I would happily take Whiplash in this the hell over La La Land (laughs) fair enough I would not want to see the, a double feature of this and Gravity. It's just too much space. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Uh, I think it's that whole kind of sameness if you watch more than one space movie mm. after another, which is why I've gone with not wanting to sit through Apollo 13 after this. <laughs> that would just be way too much space. Uh, Honourable mention to The Notebook. You wouldn't want to do a double heading of Ryan Gosling? Oh, no. Nah. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't do a, a single billing of the notebook. <laughs> okay, what character from this film just clearly needs to get laid? Neil Armstrong. He seems to be pumping out a fair amount of kids. What, one every five years? <laughs> just... Good in my books. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's got a serious job to do. Maybe he doesn't need the distraction. Yeah, maybe he puts all his thrust into the rockets. Um <laughs> I'm going with uh, Kyle Chandler's character, Deke Slayton. He just seems highly wound up and spends all of his time at Mission Control. I'm going to go with uh, Janet Armstrong. I feel sorry for her, man. Like, at the end there, she's having to, you know, stay on Earth and have nothing but the kids to take care of, and then her husband's put in isolation. That woman would be bloody craving it by the end there, wouldn't she? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, question number eight. It's the safety question. How would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into this movie? When when Armstrong and Aldrin land on the moon, they get a massive surprise because Nicolas Cage already has his own moon base. God damn it. <laughs> that was my answer. <laughs> Except he was going to be dressed as one of those little grey aliens. That was my answer. Just him like, hey, hey guys, hey. Okay, so I'm going to give Nick Cage a suitably small role once again and something to, that he would probably have to method act because that's what he does, right? He yeah. does everything for real. So he'd be one of the random astronauts who goes in the gyro spinner and then to the point where he almost passes out and then has to run to the bathroom and vomit <laughs> straight after. <laughs> I thought if you were going to give him a method acting, I thought you would have made him the nozzle of one of the space rockets that gets shot out into space and then burns up on re-entry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question nine. What character would you get to help you hide a dead body? I am going to go with Deke Slayton, who is like one of the you know big bosses of the NASA program. Because if anybody can smuggle a body on board a spaceship that's probably going to blow up, it'd be him. And what better place to hide a body than the cold depths of space? It's a good one, yeah. I'm going to go with a character we haven't spoken about yet, and that's Pat White. It's the wife um, who lives across the road. I think she's just way too bubbly and friendly. Desperate housewives, you know, kind of makes me think, hmm, there's probably something else going on there. Yeah, there's a cold blooded kid <laughs> behind those yeah, eyes. She's eh? like one of those suburban murderer types. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you know yeah, those you types. Know. A female equivalent yeah. of like Hannibal Lecter or something. Like. <laughs> help you hide it, I'll help you eat it. <laughs> mm. And then she brings around cookies for all the new people who yeah. are moving to the neighborhood. Mm. I wonder what's in those cookies. <laughs> hey, this tastes like dead body. <laughs> I would go with Neil Armstrong to help me hide a dead body. He's just way too calculating about anything, and he clearly has a track record in dealing with tricky situations. Actually, that's one of my fa- favorite lines in when one of the first times he goes up in space, and his co-pilot says, 
can we give them a status update? And he said, no, we've got too much to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Fuck Houston. I'm busy here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like well, maybe you could use it for your for question number 10, which is what quote from this film would be the worst thing to say straight after sex? No, I'm too busy. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? Fuck NASA. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. <laughs> I'm going with the entire world is watching. <laughs> Pressure. <laughs> I'm going with one of the most awkward scenes in it. Shay Wiggum's character, Gus Grissom, after they get a man into space, or oh, they they manage the dock of the land with the other ship. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They manage the dock of the other ship out in orbit or whatever. And in one of the most awkward, cringy parts, he leans over and says, "Tell the Russians to go screw." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is yeah, it just fell a bit flat, eh? I mean, yeah. Obviously, given the setting, they could unleash a big expletive-laden rant, but no. But I'm pretty sure <laughs> if I was finishing, come up with if I was finishing, I would not be wanting to say, "Tell the Russians to go screw." It's not like I'm tagging someone in or something. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, that moves us on to the personal questions now. Stacey, why don't you hit us with them? Okay, so question eleven: How long would you last in the gyro spinner? Uh, I think I would probably forget to strap myself in, and I'll go splitting against the wall. <laughs> Ouch! That sounds worse than actually passing out in there. <laughs> yeah. Look, guys, if there's one thing I know, it's all about getting spun around and dazed. I would be in there for days. Whatever. Well, they reckon it makes any human like black out within what five ten minutes or whatever. I'm not human. I'd be in there forever. <laughs> Is it like the old um, broom around in the circle, eh? And then yeah. you put it down and try and jump over it. Try and jump over it and then run down. The yeah, end yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be the man of that game. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, I used to take out everyone. It was great. Sarah? Take out, yeah, take out everyone. That's right. <laughs> if you just like, you just need to fix on a point on the gyro spinner, and you'd be sweet. I think that's what Neil yeah, was, was trying a, to do. Yeah, like you could see do, he was trying like, to look at that, but still, even the motion, like even if you were fixed visually, like the motion in your body would have been just thrown around. But then that was cool how that then related to that scene later on when he was in the the Gemini spacecraft and that was in an uncontrolled role. Yes, so that, yeah, okay. that was good practice. Now you call it the Gemini, but they call it the Gemini. Uh, yeah. I, what I, the I, hell was that? I get that. <laughs> that that should have been one of my questions. What the hell is a Gemini? <laughs> Gemini cricket. Yeah, yeah. Is that like how they call it aluminum? We're going and up in the Gemini. We're going up in the Gemini. It's Gemini. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Made from aluminum. Yeah, I, I oh, it's aluminium. So... There's an eye in there, you flipping morons. I, I thought that was so strange. <laughs> and listen here, America, start putting a U in flavour and colour and all these other words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. While we're talking about goddamn horrible bastardizations of English language, kilometres, not miles. Yeah. What are you up to with miles? And Fahrenheit. <laughs> Who the hell can work out Fahrenheit? It's too hard to convert all that shit. Fucking planet, any country on the planet that uses fucking Fahrenheit. What is wrong with you people? How is it that your drug dealers <laughs> took to using weights before everyone else? Here's a kg, here's a gram, all that sort of shit. How your drug dealers uh, fucking got more common sense than your government wake up america <laughs> whoa the neighbors are now yelling at us <laughs> yeah okay so that brings me to my next question you can go as crazy on this as you want to and list off a whole heap or just one what oscars do you think this will be nominated for it's definitely going to be nominated for cinematography or whatever yep. that one is yep. yeah it's definitely going to be nominated for that i reckon maybe a nod for chazelle for directing and yeah, maybe maybe a gosling and there hasn't been any clear standouts in terms of lead actress in a role this right. year aside from apparently Glenn Close and the ladies or the woman or something I don't know I haven't seen it but uh, I reckon Claire Foy stands a pretty good chance because her performance got better and better as the film went on mm. as she started 
putting up with less and less shit. So I reckon yeah. as Ryan Gosling got more and more distant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, distant that yeah. he his idea of a holiday was going to the fucking moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she, <laughs> she was the time the, apart. She was the, the standout actress in this in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I'd go with that as well, and maybe also sound. I thought some of the yeah, sound was sound quite was good, good uh, yeah. during the moon landing, especially mm. uh, was really good. Yeah, that's a great segue. That's my next question: is what song would be perfect for the lunar landing moment? Beastie Boys, Intergalactic Planetary. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> perfect. Oh, I, I don't know if it was out in 1969. Or... <laughs> no, it doesn't no. matter. It doesn't matter. Well, as we know, we don't know any music from that period. Um, <laughs> oh, I had, a, had a lot of good options for this one. I thought if it went wrong, we could use uh, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. <laughs> uh, but I've... Queen's got so so much good material, but I'm going with another one bites the dust. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, I could do a bit of dance. Yeah, yeah. Although when when Neil's got his little joystick going to land it, you could have had under pressure. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Coming down on the moon. <laughs> Maybe we could make an alternative soundtrack for this movie <laughs> yeah. and just lay it over. Yeah, that'd be cool. Would it? Yeah, it would be cool. I'm a rocket man. <laughs> yeah, rocket man is good. That was one of my <laughs> shortlist. Yeah. Okay, so that moves me on to my personal questions. Uh, we've already sort of alluded to this. Paul Claire Foy, gets, who plays Janet Armstrong, gets more and more distant from her husband. But, uh, yeah, do you guys reckon he gave two shits about his wife? Th- now, I'm not talking about Neil Armstrong in real life. Like, I'm sure he probably <laughs> loved his wife, but I'm talking about in this movie. Well, until they got divorced. Um, That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Did uh, they? Uh, yeah, after like 40 years or something, I think. Whoa. I think they, and they really played up to it in the film, uh, was that after his kid died, he just kind of became a closed book and don't think he really gave a shit about what his wife's grief was like for that, but nah. he just got lost in himself after that. I bet you so. Yeah, I totally agree with Kahu there. He does care about his wife in this movie. It seems like he doesn't for most of the movie, but I think that the final scene where they mm. do meet when he's in quarantine and he puts his hand up, sends her a kiss through the glass, it's just such a subtle, small motion for a normal person, but for him, that was massive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's clearly taken uh, absence makes the heart grows fonder to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> just had the best boys trip ever, babe, uh, yeah, but made me realize just how much i love you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually yeah. couldn't have gone any further away yeah, yeah. and there's there's no chicks out there <laughs> well, none that we know of but if you tune into my aliens podcast what yeah there's a gaggle of women living on the far side of the moon okay anywho uh next question for me what kind of car is this film it's a land rover because it'll get you home yeah oh, that's good safe reliable Safe yeah. and reliable. Mm, good answer. I'm just going to go with an iconic American car from 1969, Chevrolet Camaro. Oh, that's or ha- good. How do you think they say that in America? It's A not Camaro. 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 But yet they can't say tomato. Yeah. Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> or aluminium. Camaro, tomato. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Okay, guys, they call it the Mile High Club when people have uh, sexual relations while on a plane. They call it the Mile Low Club when people have sexual relations in a cave. What? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That's something I just made up. <laughs> That's new. Or maybe they're <laughs> spelunking or something like that. What would you guys call it if you have sex out in space? Lunar loving. Lunar loving. <laughs> um, I'm just going to call it orbiting. <laughs> Orbiting Uranus, you go no. round and round and 
Did I ever tell you guys about the time I joined the Mile High Club? Stacey, you know when you got me that um, Learn to Fly voucher and I went up by in that plane by myself? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that poor instructor, you weren't completely alone. It was a very small plane. <laughs> I told him to avert his gaze. <laughs> And I don't think you're a mile up. You might have been. If it's like... a solo flight, it still counts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I got up to a mile. I was about three kilometers up in the air. So that's one one point. See, this is your stupid fucking maths, America. It's one point six kilometers to a mile. Oh, fuck! What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> God damn you. Okay, Kahu, your questions. Uh, it would be difficult in weightlessness, though, wouldn't it? Because there's like you'd... nothing to brace yourself on. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to. You just have to hang on to things on the spaceship. You wouldn't want to be the third wheel in that Apollo spacecraft uh, for all of that action, would you? The third wheel. <laughs> the third thruster. Like, just be like, <laughs> the third pressing your head against the window, <laughs> looking, looking longingly back at Earth. I need to document this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for science. <laughs> and it's three guys. There's no chicks up there. Oh, no, now that's a party. There's a broke back mooning. <laughs> broke back mooning. Oh dear. Okay, my first question. What two people would you least like to be stuck in the Apollo pod with? Probably you two. Next. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I am going to go with Bill Cosby and Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be broke back mooning it. <laughs> All over the place. I don't know if I'd, yeah, I wouldn't have a choice in any of the matters. What about you? Saying? Yeah, you'd, you'd take a window seat for that one. <laughs> I would hate to be strapped in side by side between Donald Trump and Nicolas Cage. That would be the worst <laughs> flight ever. Yeah, and they both have terrible hair. Yes, you're just doomed. You're doomed. There's yeah, no coming the back from that. Yeah, I think hair is the worst part of that trip. <laughs> Probably the insane ramblings out of both of them. But. Uh, my second question. What would you not want a crew member to tell you after liftoff? I just took a massive dump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what? No, sorry. I'm talking about my me personally. What, what was the question again, sorry? Uh, what would you... <laughs> well, you can go that way. You can go that way. Go! <laughs> I didn't just <laughs> go. Actually, no, I don't. But seriously, you wouldn't want somebody saying that because you'd be like, oh, great, now we're going to have to put up with a stink before you can get to your vacuum sealing and removal thing like they showed in Apollo 13. No, but they're in their suits, right? And they've got those helmets on. So surely you've got your own oxygen with inside those. So it's really. Yeah, do they have the- like a little collection thing? Inside their suits. Yeah. Smell permeates, bro. Yeah, but I mean, surely you know it's not as if they got like a little alcove with a dunny over in the t- in yeah. the corner. Although it would be a pain a pain in the ass if they're like if their thing started sort of malfunctioning and yeah. all of a sudden you've got the smell. Okay, I just around. took a massive dump and my suit's malfunctioning. How's that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my other one was I don't know how to tell you this, but Billy from two houses down told me he's going to bang your wife the second you get on the ship. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like what? <laughs> you left the oven on. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Do like a, a real zoom out shot of him going, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the window. Uh, Eagle, do you have a problem? Eagle, do you have a problem? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, send someone round to my house and turn my oven off. Especially yeah. power bills nowadays. <laughs> and my last question. So, in today's dollars, it costs over a billion dollars to launch a Saturn V rocket, which is the one that took 
Apollo to the moon. What utterly pointless reason would you spend a billion dollars on? Straight up answer, I would probably buy every single Marvel comic that's ever been. Uh, and then because I, they're all collector's items, I'd never open them or read them or anything. I'd literally just sit in a warehouse somewhere and I wouldn't do anything with them. Would you buy one of each or just every single copy? No, just one of each. Like okay. just one of every okay. co- I wouldn't be that rude. I wouldn't, <laughs> You're not yeah. going to hoard them from everybody else. <laughs> Spanky, give me your comics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The other thing I'd do, like the silly answer, I'd probably get a statue made of me. (laughs) Like a billion dollar statue, just of me. I think there is one made of you. What are you talking about, the Eiffel Tower? That's just part of my anatomy, that's not me. No, no, I saw it when I was in Westminster, in London. What are you talking about? Are you talking about the... I don't know why Winston Churchill. (laughs) (laughs) So for the statue, Sam, would you go for size or would you go more for rare materials to construct it out of? (laughs) Yeah, just a giant statue of me eating KFC. That's just the most utterly (laughs) pointless. Eating KFC. Just sitting there with an Xbox controller in one hand, a piece of chicken in the other. Just like the most annoyingly pointless statue that you've ever seen. Immortalized for eternity until the biggest waste of time that I have. On the, on the top of Bafe here. Yeah. <laughs> we no one would ever give a shit. Because you try. No, at Auckland Airport, as people are landing, they're like, what's that guy? <laughs> you can just see me out the window. And at Christmas, we can dress you up as Santa. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is on the coming on the back of Stacey saying to me yesterday while she was looking for jobs, hey, do you want to work as Santa down at the mall? <laughs> Why? You're a jolly red fat man. Like, hey. I did not say that. I just thought it would Didn't, what be did fun. You? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Okay, so something pointless that I'd love to do is this is something back in my childhood that I loved. Like at primary school, on the last day of school for the year, often we would get a popsicle at lunchtime, a free popsicle. So I would buy a billion people a popsicle. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> How's that pointless? Well, it's not really doing anything in the world, you know. It's not really making the world a better place or anything like that, which you should probably do if you have a billion dollars. It's just, just I don't know. Mean. Good. And that takes us down to the <laughs> final question of our podcast, which is the listener queue that we threw out to you so you guys could chuck us in your answers. We've got some real good ones for the question, what do you wish you were the first human to do? We're going to start off with the Countdown Podcast. Good old Paul over there. He said he wanted to be the first human to invest more than $100,000 in Apple. Work could kiss my lily white ass in that alternative reality. <laughs> now, what I'm laughing at is, um, you guys remember in Forrest Gump how he like brought shares in Apple and then like he got that letter from whoever and they're like, you don't need to worry about money anymore. And we all sort of laughed at that in 1994. Imagine if we'd actually gone out and brought shares in Apple then, in 1994. We'd be laughing now. We all thought it was fucking stupid. We were like, wow, he cashed in. But holy shit, it's now a trillion dollar company. Over to Billy from We Watch The Thing. He didn't really give us an answer, but he said, who was the first person who decided to drink cow's milk and why? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's an intriguing question. I think it's amazing. And it's like someone looked at a cow and was like, hey, that weird fucking animal over there, let's go up, squeeze its tit get some milk out of it, drink it, and see what it tastes like. Did they then go around and were like, oh, I wonder what a horse tastes like. I wonder what a goat tastes like. I wonder what badger tastes like. Because the, thing, platypus would, the like. thing would be, surely the first person to taste it would have been prior to these animals being domesticated. You know, wild cow. you've got a good chance of getting at least a mild concussion. Oh, <laughs> you're going to try it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I've been kicked by many a cow. Liz, one of our good friends, she went exactly how I expected and how I applauded for 
before. She wanted to be the first woman to go to university. Hashtag sorry it's so serious. Hashtag feminism rules. Hashtag will that do? Yeah, totally. That's an awesome answer. I totally do. Gillian Ashton, another good fan of the show, another great person. She wanted to be the first person to get her fucking shit together, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's still available. I I think there's definitely... It's an achievable goal. (laughs) Yeah. Those Movie Guys, another podcast out there that's real fun to listen to, another good movie podcast. They came back and said they wanted to be the first man to cure meat. Meat probably sucked a lot before that. Hmm, interesting. Good point. cure meat? Yeah, because you had to have it fresh, otherwise it was fucking rotten and stanky within yeah. days. So, you know, curing meat, and mm, that's good, eh? Well done. Again, it's one of those things like, who, who tests the shit? Who was the idea that came up with this? It would and then you're walking around with beef jerky going, look at me, I am a fucking god. <laughs> Probably was a happy accident. Like mm-hmm. many scientific discoveries. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Tara Maholik, she threw her kid's answer at us first. She said her kid would like to be the first girl to hit a softball farther than a major league baseball home run. Ooh, cool. That's a cool aspiration. Yeah, that's a good one. Whereas Sarah said, meh, she'd prefer to be the first person to win a billion dollars in the Mega Millions. Now, for those that don't know, the Mega Millions over in America went from 940 million American dollars to 1.6 billion American dollars. You now can buy a ticket to potentially win 1.6 billion dollars. I looked it up when it was 940 million dollars US, and if you'd brought that ticket, you would have instantly become the fifth most richest person in New Zealand. (laughs) Couple more here. Joanne, another great awesome answer. She wanted to be the first person to shred a piece of art via remote control after just being sold at an auction for over a million dollars, just like Banksy. She thinks that was brilliant, and I absolutely agree. Yeah. Apparently it malfunctioned. It was supposed to shred the entire piece. Really? And they'd done practice runs where the whole piece shredded, so it was actually misfired and only half done. Oh, no. I I think it... Now it's like doubled in value, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it probably adds to it that it only shredded half of it, actually. Next up is Danny. He wants to be the first man to see an egg fall out of a hen's ass and think, yum. (laughs) (laughs) And Finally, last one. Thanks again, everyone else that got their answers in, but going to have to try and keep this to 10. And the last one that we've got here is from Justin Mizumik, another great listener of the show and an awesome answer to finish it on. He said, honest answer, I wish I was the first human to set foot in Jurassic Park before it all went shit, obviously. Guilty pleasure for a dinosaur nerd. Secondly, he wishes he was the first person to see the Fantastic Four reboot to make sure that shit never sees the light of day again. <laughs> Taking one for the team there, what a trooper. Yeah, good work, Justin, you're the well man. Done. Now you guys, who? what do you guys wish you were the first human to have done? Ideally, I'd be the first human on Mars, but if that's not possible, I would go for something closer to home, and I would be the first person to take a big roll of polythene up the top of the mount, roll it down, and be the first person to water slide down my wall. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> I just That's just amazing. need to figure out the landing. Yeah, yeah. Into the ocean, like yeah, into the ocean, into the sea. and you could like skim along the surface, much like Sam on a <laughs> Labor Weekend <laughs> afternoon in Queenstown. Oh yes, let's not talk about that. And how <laughs> I lost half my leg on a luge, <laughs> and I'd make sure I had a maniacal laugh going the entire time. <laughs> I want to be the first person to beat up Kahu tonight. Uh, so, for people who don't know, what that's like two hundred and thirty-two meters uh, tall, or something yes, like that. Something like that. That was a question one night. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we won. Yes, that's a pretty tall slip and slide. Oh, I'd like to be the first person to and come up with some kind of tree or vegetation that will grow in the desert. Oh, that, you mean like sort of reverse desertification? Yeah, re- reverse it and contribute to reducing climate change. Shit, that's a real no. Turn the tables. Now, I wouldn't want to be the first person to do this, but I kind of wonder who was the first person to send a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> like, at what point, like, was someone? 
thought, hey, I know, I can send a photo of my penis through this. I, I reckon that's that probably sounds like a Bill Clinton thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, when you think about it, you know, late 90s, you know, sort of just before picture phones came in. But then, you know, he's the president. He's got access yeah. to the latest technology. But we need to think about what before we had technology and things like that in photographs. Do you think they were sending dick pics back in like the day of Leonardo da Vinci and artists like that? Yeah, they'd do like a, they'd do like a dick woodcut. <laughs> <laughs> are you, exactly. Are you, are you imagining Leonardo da Vinci used to sit there with a mirror pointed at his genitals and just used to paint a picture of his dick? then put it in the mail and send it to some random in like Barcelona or something and be like, here you go, my fairest maiden. I know that doubts has been thinking of me, so I share with you my genitalia. I call it Moan Her Lisa. <laughs> I will yes. see you in two years. Yes. If the plague does not strike me down, <laughs> the French Mediterranean, I shall be there by the winter. But, but, here first, folks. Leonardo da Vinci used to send dick pics. <laughs> but, 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 no. What about even before that, like, cave dwellers you know with the cave drawings and things like that that's, that's the ultimate dick pic some guy is a, <laughs> no, think about it some guy's in a cave and he's like oh we're moving on i know what i'll draw a picture in a cave okay he, he's us hunting bison and you know, all that sort of stuff he's one of me nude fuck it i don't care who finds this yeah 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 <laughs> thousands from years now people are gonna look at this art huh? that was my penis you wankers <laughs> ending on a classy note i want to be the first person to get superpowers there you go. I want to be the only superhero on the planet so that for all of about three months I could go around fighting crime and then for the rest of my life be a supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> a vigilante. Yeah, you'd turn either, into... Either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain and I think oh, it would take me all of 40 seconds to live, <laughs> live long enough to see myself become <laughs> the villain. I don't know what my superpowers would be. Probably flight and strength and basically want to be Captain Marvel or four. Okay, good luck with that, Sam. Yeah! I'm going to go out and find a radioactive spider and make it bite me or mm. bomb myself with nuclear blasts like the Hulk or something. See what happens. <laughs> Anywho, that takes us down to the end of the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been fun going through this First Man episode. Hope you all enjoyed it. If you guys enjoyed the show and you want to get in contact with us, Stacey, how do people find us? You can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In. That's right. You can find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews In 20 Qs with mm-hmm. the two zero Q apostrophe S. Yes. And you can send us an email at MRITQS at gmail.com. And if this podcast has been recommended to you through a podcast player and you're trying to find us on another one, just search for Movie Reviews In. We seem to be the first podcast that pops up on that. And yeah, that's thanks for me. Thanks. Good night. Night night.